Have you ever wondered if an annuity fits into your financial plan, your retirement financial plan? Well, today, Rainey and I are going to talk you through things you want to think through if you're, if you're talking to someone about buying an annuity uh, and how it could fit into your plan and also how it may or may not make sense. So uh, you're going to have a, great, we'll have a great episode for you. You're going to learn quite a bit. I will tell you, we share a lot of information. So if you've not had a chance, we always recommend you go to our website, which is pomwealth.net forward slash blog. And if you go there, we've got an article written on this very topic. So a lot of the things that we go through here helps you to understand it a lot better. Uh, and then also, if you ever would like to have a conversation with Merce or myself, you can go to the top right-hand corner. You can click on the little button that says you'd like to have a uh, complimentary conversation. Our calendar comes right up and you can schedule it right there. We would love to have the chance to talk to you. By the way, also share this with your friends. If you find this be, to be beneficial, send them a link and say, listen to this podcast. We'd certainly appreciate it. But before we get into the show, we have to do a quick disclosure. That's right. The information contained in this podcast is intended to provide general information only and not to be considered individualized advice. Different types of investments carry different levels of risk. As always, please contact your financial professional for advice appropriate to your situation. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Secure Your Retirement Podcast. This is the place where high achieving professionals come to gain confidence on how to successfully navigate their transition into and life during retirement. There's no such thing as a passive retirement plan. To have a successful financial future, your plan must be actively managed. Each week, we will bring you action plans and expert interviews that will help you gain insights, learn fresh perspectives, and finally experience peace of mind about your retirement. Here to help you achieve your dream retirement and live the life you deserve are your hosts, certified financial planners, Raiden Stancil and Merce Tariq. It's a pleasure to talk to you today uh, on our Retirement in Action episode. And today we're going to talk about a topic that we get asked about all the time. In fact, we have done a whole series on annuities. Uh, we're going to talk about it a little different direction today. And really what we're going to answer the question to is, does an annuity fit within my financial plan? That's our question. So Merce and I talk all the time about needing a financial plan focused on retirement around that idea, because the goals are way different when I'm getting close to retirement or I'm in retirement. So the question is, should I have an annuity in my financial plan if I'm close to 10 years into or close to retirement or already in retirement? That's the major question. And so we're going to break this down into a few different categories. Um, and that way we'll, we'll, we're tying it together. So we're not going to go into an extreme amount of detail on a specific annuity. We're looking at this high level, big picture. So the very first thing that we're going to talk about is basically this idea of safety of in, in all essence, the insurance company. And what should we consider on that? So Merce, can you kind of get us going in that topic? Yeah. So with, with annuities, the first thing you have to realize is that when you're, when you're buying an annuity, when you're thinking about purchasing one, you're actually, it's an insurance product. So you are buying that annuity from an insurance uh, company. And when you're going down the line, just like you're going to evaluate the financial advisor that you want to work with, you're also going to be evaluating the insurance company as well. We like working with stronger, stronger rated insurance companies that, you know, have some good financial backgrounds to them, have the ability to um, withstand anything that's going to come at them. So um, 
there's a, there's a multiple ways that you can look up an insurance company. There's rating system uh, that kind of put them in the A, AAA, B, C category. Um, and, and so when you're talking to uh, maybe an insurance agent or your advisor and you're talking about this idea of an annuity, I would definitely bring up the question of, well, how, how strong is the insurance company? And then there's another big concept that I think it's very good to understand. You know, banks, when you have your money in the bank, you are protected by what's called FDIC. Um, insurance companies have something you could call similar uh, that is, it's basically called the legal reserve. So uh, that offers some protections as well. And I, I think, Raiden, you do a great job of telling the story of how the legal reserve works. So I think, you know, if you want to run through that in just a couple minutes. Yeah, the idea behind the legal reserve system is really been around uh, well before the Great Depression. Uh, but the idea was, is that we want the, the United States said they want to have a system in place because insurance companies, uh, a lot of times are using guaranteed terminology, whether that be life insurance or for this an annuity, uh, what is it that needs to be in place to make sure that the person who is the consumer are protected? And under the legal reserve system, I mean, I'm going to talk high level just so you can visualize it. In all essence, insurance companies inside the United States pretty much say, if we're going to operate as an insurance company, we then are going to basically work together, which means if one company were to go into a bankruptcy scenario, then the other insurance companies would be deemed to go and whether they get split up those assets or whether or not the another insurance company buys over those, uh, those uh, uh, assets from the other insurance company, whatever that might be, that is what we have seen occur. When an insurance company gets into trouble, usually they're going to get split up and um, all of those different uh, monies that were there for the consumer are going to go to a different insurance company. Your contract cannot change. Your contract stays intact. But in all essence, the other part of this is the, is the reserve part of it. And when you think about this idea, uh, it really helps you understand the safety element of an insurance company. An insurance company is required to have a certain amount of reserves in place based on what they owe back out to consumers. Those reserve requirements are very significant. It is not leveraged like a bank would leverage uh, their reserve. And that's the reason why a bank has to have FDIC. They leverage very heavy to what they have in deposits, and then they loan out a bunch of money. Whereas an insurance company, if they owe money back, they've got to have reserves to back it. Once those reserves get into a position of concern, you've got 50 plus insurance uh, regulatory systems and all the different states that are saying, hey, you know, we're all watching you. And so if you're with a big insurance company and they've all got these different regulatory systems in place and they start to see a financial problem, they're going to tell that insurance company they have to stop selling other insurance products until they can get their reserves back up. So there's lots of safety mechanisms and it is not a scenario where you all of a sudden overnight wake up and find out that an insurance company is in trouble. It is usually a very slow process, so it gives us time to react. I let people know that from a safety standpoint for a fixed insurance product, I mean, you're very, very safe with an insurance company. With that being said, though, there's no reason in going to an insurance company in the very beginning that's not already, already highly rated. So we do believe in getting a highly rated company. All right, let's switch topics, and let's talk a little bit about the tax issues. Now, the tax benefits of an annuity uh, really are only a topic around 
what we call non-IRA money. So Merce, can you just talk about the two types of money that could go into an annuity and what the tax implications are on that? Yeah. So basically you've got qualified money and non-qualified money. Qualified is, is your retirement plans, your 401ks, your IRAs, stuff that's been tax deferred. You haven't paid the taxes on that money yet. And then you've got non-qualified, um, which is money that is basically after tax that has other tax type of treatment to it, like realized capital gains uh, and dividends that may cause you a tax issue. So uh, the first thing you want to do is understand what what your balance of money is. Is the majority of your money in IRAs and 401ks, or do you have a mix of all, all the all the different types from IRAs to Roths that are tax-free to non-qualified like brokerage accounts. So once you have, once you know what all your different buckets are, then we can start having a good conversation around what makes the most, most sense when it comes to purchasing an annuity. What Raiden was saying is the with the, your brokerage account type of money, your after-tax money that you've basically accumulated over the years, um, that can make a good amount of sense if you put that into an annuity, because now that money is growing tax deferred. So you say you put in a, a chunk of money in there, $100,000, that $100,000, that the taxes have already been paid on that. And any growth after the fact is deferred. So unlike in a brokerage account, if you buy or sell something in there, you've got some capital gains to deal with, or if a stock is spinning off a dividend on a yearly basis, you've got dividends to deal with. So you're always getting some type of taxes in the non-qualified type of account. So if you're looking ultimately for tax deferral, an annuity could make uh, a good amount of sense there because you just you won't get that 1099 every single year. Um, on the IRA side, let's say you just have the majority of your money was building up in 401ks, we can take that money and roll it over into an IRA annuity, um, which, you know, that think about what an IRA is. An IRA is pre-tax money. You've never paid any taxes on these dollars. And so every dollar that comes out is going to be fully taxable. It's going to be added to your income for the year. So the majority um, of people are not one to going to heavily withdraw on an IRA. Um, so, it, you know, what, what we're going to talk about here in a second, annuities have some liquidity restrictions to them. And so for that reason, IRA money also fits really well because nobody's taking out 10 to 15 to 20% of their IRA in a given year. You want to keep that number low to keep your taxes a little bit lower. So a couple of considerations when it comes to what type of money you have and what makes the most sense for your situation based off of the different buckets of money that you may have. I hope that you are enjoying the show. By the way, if you are in or nearing retirement and are someone who wants to gain clarity on what questions you should be asking, learn what the biggest retirement myths are, and identify what you could be doing to achieve peace of mind for your retirement, get started today by requesting your complimentary video course, Four Steps to Secure Your Retirement. To access the course, simply visit pomwealth.net forward slash podcast. If you're new here or you haven't done this yet, this is definitely the first step to get started in applying these principles to your life. So head over to pomwealth.net forward slash podcast and check us out. All right, let's talk a little bit about the why. I always think that um, it's important for us to think about why we're doing anything when it comes to using a, a financial tool and an annuity is a financial tool. So we're going to look at some ideas behind why I might use them. Let's talk about this in three categories. One is income planning. Two 
is uh, a safety alternative or bond alternative. And the third area is tax deferment, okay? So the first two primarily were focused around, for most people, IRA, 401k type money. And most people view that money as money that they want to live on or provide an income stream for them at some point in the future. So you can structure annuities that will provide you a guaranteed lifetime income that you cannot outlive, right? It's going to always be there. It's, it's an annuity. We, we make that lifetime income there. And if it's an IRA, then yes, you're going to get taxed on that. But you, you already understood that concept. So we say this, if a client is, is, has enough assets that they're only going to be withdrawing out of their assets 2 to 3% a year at retirement age, uh, doing the income benefit on an annuity probably does not make sense. Why? Because if I add that feature, I'm going to have a lower rate of return or a fee. In all essence, still equals a lower rate of return. So there's no reason to pay for that benefit if I'm already got enough assets that I don't need to have that money be guaranteed. So income planning uh, is something that we need to discuss and we use our retirement financial plan in order to make that decision or help you to make that decision. The second area is bond alternative. This one we use quite a bit. And, and the idea here is, is that I can structure an annuity that will give me a decent rate of return, but I don't have to worry about the volatility of the bond market. The annuity, the insurance company takes away that volatility. I transfer in essence the risk to the insurance company. So if I'm looking at assets and we do a risk conversation, and let's say a person's threshold is you know, lower, then we might not be able to invest all the money in the stock market and bonds. So we use the annuity as a bond alternative because we can set the annuities up so that they make a decent rate of return, but we would never lose due to market volatility in a down year. The worst case I would have there is a zero. So again, that helps me balance risk. Risk conversation is huge for us. We talk about it with every single client. We review risk all the time. We want to make sure that you have peace of mind and that you can sleep throughout retirement, not have to worry about uh, going to bed and worrying about whether or not you're going to have enough money tomorrow. The third area is tax deferment. The tax deferment side is, Merce has already kind of mentioned it for a second, but basically that is non-IRA money. So let's say I've built up a sizable brokerage account. I'm having to pay taxes on that, on my dividends. I'm not using it. Um, or I every time I sell something, I'm paying a long-term or a short-term capital gain. Then we can put that into an annuity that allows us to invest in the market, very low to no fees almost, very low, but I can invest in the market. I'm 100% liquid, but I get tax deferment. So it just, we really have to look at the why we're doing it. But when we look at the why, uh, it, we get a lot of our answers uh, taken care of. So I hope that kind of gives you some of those thresholds, but we want to just wrap it up here uh, in this last little part. And I think what we want to talk about is how we're, when we're viewing the annuity and our income plan, uh, again, can we just talk a little bit about maybe, Merce, how the income rider works? We've already said this probably doesn't apply for folks unless they're uh, having to pull out more than around 3% of their assets. But could you just give us a quick synopsis of an income rider and what the benefits are? Yeah. So an income rider is going to be something that is attached to the overall annuity vehicle. And so the way that we like to look at it is say you've got really two sides to annuity. You've got one side that is basically your account value. 
And then you've got another side that is essentially the income account value. The income account value, but let me go back. The account value is going to grow, you know, at, based off of whatever interest the, the annuity has the ability to earn. So whatever that percentage is, it's going to grow. On the income account value, you're going to get a little bit of a step up, whether that's a fixed rate, like maybe a six or seven or an 8% fixed rate type of deal. Um, that you can, you know, count on it's guaranteed by the insurance company and that 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 side of the, then the contract is going to continue to grow by that every single year, or maybe a multiplier of your interest. So, so maybe your account value made 5%, but your income account actually gets seven and a half or maybe 10%. So the, the income account value is structured to grow really to outpace the account value growth. Now, how are they able to do that? Right? Well, when you signed up for this income rider, you basically said that I need the insurance company to guarantee me at some point in the future, some lifetime income. And it has to last the rest of my life, potentially even the rest of my spouse's life. And so what the insurance company is willing to do is to give you this uh, better growing income account value side in all essence, but they say, this is not a lump sum value. This is not something that you can withdraw all at once. We signed up for being able to pay you out over your lifetime. And so that's a very high level as to how it works. Uh, typically someone is going to purchase an annuity. And then if they have an income rider, you're going to wait three to five to maybe even 10 years uh, before you actually touch it. That's called the deferring period before that, that lifetime income really starts to kick on and really works well for you. And like Raiden said, with that, when you have those riders, um, something to consider is that there may be a fee attached or your interest potential on the account value side may go down a little bit. So um, a lot of moving parts, but you know, at the end of the day, we, we feel annuities, income rider or not, they can be very advantageous to a financial plan. Our whole process is let's talk about it. Let's see if it makes sense. Let's build out the retirement financial plan. And then, then we start to evaluate, you know, can an annuity fit into the overall plan? Um, so I know we've given you a lot here today, but I, you know, I, I hope you found it somewhat uh, enjoyable and also informative. All right. And just make sure you remember that if you've heard all this and you're thinking, oh my God, that was a lot, go to our website, pomwealth.net, go to the blog page. We have an article written on this very topic so you can read it and look at all those notes. We hope you have a great week. We'll talk to you next Wednesday. All right, everyone. That wraps up today's episode of the Secure Your Retirement podcast. If you found value in today's episode, we would love nothing more than for you to head on over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and a review. Be sure to take a screenshot of the review before you submit it, and we'll send you a special gift. Our book, Get Off the Retirement Roller Coaster. Just email morgan at pomwealth.net with a screenshot of the review to get your gift. Also, be sure to subscribe so you get notified of new episodes as they're released every week. And finally, please share our podcast with your favorite social network so more of your friends and family can benefit from this information. Always remember, you've worked hard to get where you are, and now you deserve to have a retirement that works hard for you.